This is Wednesday night Bible study here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Wednesday Church, April the 12th, 2023. Selecting another disciple. The title of the message tonight, Reverend Mag Perry, bringing it to you. Here's Good Brother Mag. Welcome to our Bible study tonight. Thank you for being here. We're uh, going to continue studying the book of Acts. We'll be starting in uh, uh, verse uh, 15 of chapter 1, and we actually are going to go all the way through tonight. Uh, to the uh, last verse of Acts uh, 1. So we'll go through 26. But before we get started, uh, uh, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Um, several, um, uh, we want to continue to pray for. Brother William Capps, good news is his surgery went well Monday, and the update was he came home uh, Monday night. Uh, let's continue to pray for Sister Mary McDaniels. <clears throat> Excuse me. She will be uh, having surgery Thursday. Uh, Also, uh, let's continue to pray for Sister Josephine Braswell. She's having uh, some pain in her legs and hips and been struggling with that for a while. So let's uh, pray for her. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, also continue to pray for Bill and Ruth. And uh, uh, great news, Jeff Newcomb is doing very well after his surgery. He came home, and he was actually here Sunday. But let's continue to pray for all of them that their healing continues, and we thank God for blessing them already. And let's continue to play, uh, pray for our church and uh, for our different ministries. Uh, would you stand with me tonight as we pray? Do you have someone on your heart or something on your heart this morning, uh, tonight? You know, uh, most people may think this is a little unusual, but uh, my little dog, my littlest one, is in a lot of pain, has been in pain for several days, and I've given that to the Lord. And, I'm, you know, I, the way I told Laurie is uh, uh, some people may not believe in their pets getting healed by God, but I believe everything that I love, God loves. I believe everything that I love, God loves. So... Uh, I, uh, I fully anticipate uh, that uh, he will help as, as she endeavors. I've been at the hospital, animal hospital, a couple times this week already. But anyway, thank you for your prayers. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for this privilege to stand before you tonight and stand before your people and teach your word, dear Father. Be with me, Lord. Touch me as I present it tonight, Lord. You have challenged me in your word this week, Lord, and I thank you for that. And, Lord, thank you for the answers that you've given me in my heart. And, Lord, each tonight, each person, dear Father, that we've mentioned, touch each one of those. Touch their families. Bless them. Heal their bodies, dear Father. And thank you for what you've already done, dear Lord. And bless all the uh, ministries, Lord, our youth. And uh, bless our country, Lord, and all the things that we're challenged with every day, Lord. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for loving us. Lord, I thank you for your presence tonight. And everything, we want to honor you and lift you up. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. I, uh, periodically in my studies, I uh, use, as I've mentioned before, several different references and this week my challenge was um, uh, I, I really know that no doubt all the references that the three or four I use are all men of God and they love God and they're going to be in heaven but they did uh, have difference of opinions and and or interpretation uh, but a difference in interpretation as long as it's godly uh, is not going to 
be a problem in my heart. But we have to each really study the Word and pray and research. Uh, I really am very comfortable in what I'm presenting you tonight. But uh, I I will, at the end, kind of make a few comments about uh, um, what's going on. But uh, the bottom line is, tonight we're studying about the the election of the 12th uh, disciple. And there is opinions out there that uh, they should not have done that. So I'll talk about that more uh, a little bit later. But uh, I truly believe uh, without all my heart that they were absolutely right because uh, Peter did what he should. He referenced uh, uh, God's Word, the Old Testament. He, uh, he, uh, they, he asked them to pray about it. And, you know, they took a vote on it. So, so the bottom line is, I, I think they did all the right things. But first, before we get into our scriptures, let's do a, 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 a quick uh, review of where we're at. Um, you know, Jesus had given the disciples uh, specific instructions about uh, remaining uh, in Jerusalem. Do not leave. And he says uh, he's sending the Holy Spirit uh, to take care of them in place of himself. That's what we studied, and what uh, he also added is that they would be the ones to carry out the word throughout the world, be his witnesses throughout the world. And I mentioned over the last couple of weeks about that being the, what we look at as the Great Commission. That is what we uh, uh, look at as, as, as what the main thrust of what we do as Christians. But also, I uh, put it a little bit more personal. It's not uh, what the pastor does or the church is supposed to do, but it's, it's, it's what each one of us is responsible and held accountable for. And I believe that. And it is a way of life for us, I believe, is the words that I use. And I believe that sincerely. It is, a, it is our business. It's about what our business should be. is about witnessing to people. So I mentioned all that last week. I mentioned how sometimes it's hard to witness. And I went back and read in Isaiah for us about when... Um, God was telling the people then that he was telling Israel to quit being afraid, quit being, you know, you, you're, you, you act like you're, you, you, in fact, you're being hindered and your witness was the wording when we read it in Isaiah 44. Uh, you're being hindered because you're not, you know, you're feared and, and fear can come from many different things and I mentioned some of them. You know, even in today's world, we're always worried about stepping on somebody's toes or hurting somebody's feelings or losing a friend and all kinds of different reasons. But God's saying with the Holy Spirit, we don't have to be afraid. That is the power that He has given us. So that's some of the stuff. Well, we don't have to be uh, have fear in our hearts about witnessing. That is the main thrust of what we should be doing. And as we were looking, uh, at, we also talked about the disciples, Jesus ascending, and they were looking up in the, into the heavens and they, they saw a cloud and um, I mentioned that this was no ordinary cloud. This was the Shekinah glory cloud, the kind of uh, uh, glory. It was God that received his son. And uh, I mentioned the same glory, uh, same uh, uh, cloud, type of cloud that was in the uh, uh, temple way back. And also somebody mentioned to me, and I believe this, it was the same cloud that most likely uh, led the, uh, the Israelites out of uh, Egypt, you remember that? Uh, There was a cloud and they they followed it and whatever. So the angels appeared before them while they were glazing up and looking up and and let them know about, you know, uh, there's a second coming. And this is another area in the Bible that confirms to us there will be a second coming 
But uh, I spent a little bit of time on the first coming that Jesus had done all that he had, uh, that God wanted him to do. He blessed his father by doing exactly what his father, always depending on his father, always looking to his father to do exactly what he wanted him to do. And so he, uh, Jesus left us with a great commission, as I just mentioned. So he told them to wait. And they, uh, in our uh, reading so far, have arrived back at uh, Jerusalem. They were up in the upper room. And I concluded last week with verse 14. They all joined in one accord. Uh, they were constantly in prayer. The women were there. Mary was there. And James and Jude. And that was the five things that I said were very, very important in going forward and doing God's work is being in one accord and being, you know, prayer and everybody involved and all these kind of things. So, uh, so where they're at right now in our story tonight is they are in the upper room doing what God told them to do, wait and pray. And so let's read our, our uh, study tonight, starting in 15. And in those days, Peter stood up. So basically, that one of, while they were there, Peter stood up uh, in the midst of the disciples and said... Now Luke wanted us to know something, and I believe there's a reason for it, and I'll talk briefly about it tonight. Then he puts in parentheses, the number of uh, names together were about 120. was about 120. And then, again, I mentioned last week when uh, in the Jewish nation, when you talked about men and brother, that inclu- brethren, that included everyone. So he's speaking to all 120 in that upper room in verse 16. This, and uh, he's saying to them, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. So I'll talk about that and explain that more tonight. 17, for he was numbered with us. In other words, he was the twelfth. He was part of the twelve that had obtained a part of this ministry. In other words, he had been, he had learned from Jesus, he was blessed, and he was actually uh, told exactly what they were to go out and do, and I'll read that later. And then in 18, now this man purchased a field with the reward. Talking about Judas, uh, reward of equity. It wasn't actually Judas that bought it, but I'll talk about where those 30 pieces of silver ended up and why the, uh, Peter's mentioning that land being built, uh, bought or purchased there. Um, uh, with the reward of iniquity, I like that, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the mist, and all his bowels gushed out. Now, there's a little bit of difference in the wording here than when you go back to Matthew. Does anyone remember what, uh, what Matthew said Judas did? He hung himself, right? So the little, Some people may look at that and say, whoa, there's a difference between the two. Uh, but let me try to explain that to you tonight. I've really put a lot of thought and research and prayer in this. And uh, Brother Farrell, if you want to say something along these lines, you're certainly welcome. But uh, uh, quite honestly, they were definitely on the same page. The Holy Spirit was guiding both of them, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, uh, and uh, 19, And it was known to all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as the field is called uh, in the proper tongue, Asel Dameh, that is to say, the field of blood. I'll talk about this field particular because they, it's, uh, it even today is known in Jerusalem as the field of blood uh, throughout the centuries. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein. So 
Peter is referencing Psalms uh, 69 and 25 and 109 and 8 here. But here's the main point I think he's talking about. And let no man dwell therein. And his bishorpic let another take. In other words, uh, well, I'll go through that a little bit later. I'm going to get ahead of myself if I do that. And then 21, wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. So this twelfth man was there, Judas. And in verse 22, beginning from the baptism of John until the same day, uh, same that he must uh, was taken up from us, must one be obtained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So he's saying that, you know, it was prophesied. It is said in the Old Testament that they, they would be one with, a replacement with them. And then 23, and they obtained two, um, Joseph, yeah, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justin, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou have chosen. This It even reads a little bit difficult, don't it? <laughs> but that, there's some main points here that we talk about. 24, uh, they prayed together as one. And they noticed a heart. I'm thinking about that part too when I explain what's going on. And they have chosen two. So they chose two. That they that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgressions failed that he might go to his own place. And then the last one, and they gave forth their lots and the lot fell upon Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles making 12. First of all, it just comments about the opening verse uh, 15 tells us that 120 people were there, united in prayer and praising, uh, praying together in the upper room. And uh, I think apparently we've talked about it before, but Jesus, uh, before while he was walking 40 days before he ascended, he met with a lot of people. And one time, we'll read here in a little bit further in Acts, where there was one time there was over 500 people. So when you think about Jesus witnessing after his resurrection to all these people, but yet only 120 in that upper room. It kind of said to me, Mac, don't discourage when people turn you down when you witness to them. It's in my hands, Mac. It's not in yours. Don't worry about it. So that, that kind of said to me, even people watching Jesus and witness the nails in his hands and his piercing of his side and knowing it's Jesus. They've seen him walk before and now they've seen him again. You know, I just, I just feel like that. It, it lifted me up saying, Mike, just keep witnessing. Keep telling people about God. Keep, keep telling them. Don't get discouraged is what that's saying to me because 120, and I've said this before to us, 120 were committed. It takes a commitment. It takes a commitment and a love in your heart, and that can only come from Jesus. So they, they were true disciples of God. Luke tells us that uh, um, also in the next few verses that Peter stood up and became basically a leader. He stood up and took care of some business. He said there's some business that we need to take care of. There's a role that I believe we're supposed to take, you know, and, 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 uh, and I believe this 
you know, they're in prayer together, they're united together. And, you know, I want to say something about the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, some people may say, well, the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. But I still believe, without any doubt, the Holy Spirit was in that room guiding those people. It's just like a sinner, folks. How in the world is a sinner going to be converted if the Holy Spirit isn't there guiding them? I believe if you allow them, the Holy Spirit will guide you. So that's a simple way of saying it. But I believe the Holy Spirit was there guiding them. And he said to uh, Peter, the Holy Spirit said to Peter, you know, there's there's some business that you're supposed to take care of. And that business was important. It was on Peter's heart. Peter tells us in verse 16 and 17 that there's some scripture from the Old Testament that uh, needs to be fulfilled. And it was spoken by the Holy Spirit to David, to King David, the great man of David, and in uh, Psalm 69 and, and 109. Concerning, uh, it was a guide to, uh, uh, about how David uh, handled sin and how God handled sin. And it was against the sin that was against God. And what they supposed to do, and there was, uh, you know, and also it tells them in the in those scriptures, and I'll, I'll read one of them here in just a minute. But it, from this prophecy of David, it talks about, you know, when you lose someone in leadership or that's a minister or whatever, then God, uh, you know, God wants you to uh, fulfill that office or that position. It's, I think about a pastor. I think about deacons. I think about in different leaderships, uh, how God wants us to uh, feel those. And, and that was way back in the Old Testament. So God uh, reminded Peter of these scriptures in prayer uh, that this was a prophecy. Now the tragedy was Judas himself. Judas was one of the twelve uh, that sinned against God. And uh, he uh, was assigned... Peter saying he was assigned one of the ministries just like we were, and that Satan entered his heart and took him away from his ministry, and that we should we should do something about that. Let me read Matthew ten and one. I want to clarify what Judas's ministry was, just like the twelve. So let's go back to Matthew, and I'm going to be reading basically uh, chapter ten, verse one, and this is. Uh, uh, Matthew telling us that, and when he had called unto them, talking about the twelve, and he specifically says, his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manners of sickness and all manners of disease. So he was one of the twelve that was given those gifts, is what uh, Matthew is telling us. And this is what Peter <clears throat> is saying too, is that we need a replacement for Judas, and it was prophesied by God that we do this. And David also was allowing the Holy Spirit to guide him when he was writing the book of Son, just like they were being guided by the Holy Spirit. So the death of Judas, when I look at verse 18, uh, Peter notes in his saying, and it was obviously written by Luke, but he was saying that Judas... Um, uh, went away and hung himself in Matthew. But here Luke is saying that he uh, was, um, I'm trying to think of the word, um, uh, impalement, which is uh, some some kind of wooden stake or something going through the heart. So when I looked at that and I did a little research on that, um, the word hanging is 
not a word in the Hebrew language from this respect of hanging with a rope. There was no such thing in the Jewish. You know, automatically when we think about hanging, we think about hanging with a rope. Well, that was not the way someone would commit suicide or kill himself back then. There was basically two ways of, of uh, uh, well, there was probably more than one that we don't know about, but two that we know about through the scriptures. One was uh, obviously a crucifixion. Well, we know he didn't crucify himself. And the other was actually by impalement or a stake being driven through the, the person. And it is believed, uh, and, I, and I agree with this based on everything I could read, that um, what happened is uh, uh, Judas forced himself down on a stake and killed himself. And that's why it talks about his intestines being out and this kind of stuff in our scriptures tonight. That's what it means. Judas, of course, could not nail himself to a cross, but that's the way he killed himself. And I, I, I guess someone better in the Hebrew and, and Arabic name uh, uh, wording could, could describe it better. But in my heart, the way I'm leaving this tonight is that the word hanging isn't what we mean. And what we think. I think the word when they talk, Matthew says that he hung himself. I believe Matthew's saying he killed himself. That's what I believe. All right? And, and by the way, there's others, uh, commentaries and, and men of God that believe the same thing. Uh, and this would have caused his body, obviously, to burst open. Peter, however, his main emphasis wasn't, when he's describing this, wasn't about the way he killed himself as much as as the judgment, what happened to Judas and why they should replace Judas. It was a sin against God and it's uh, against someone that God, uh, Satan, you know, uh, took over the heart of someone that Jesus had trained and developed and given special gifts to. So verse 18 and eight, uh, 19, I want to mention a little bit about the field being purchased uh, for clarification and understanding. I want to read Matthew 27, uh, Five through eight. When you go back to Matthew twenty-seven and looking in verse five, now this is Judas saying, "I have sinned." Well, in verse four he's saying, "I have sinned. I have betrayed an innocent blood." And then when you look at verse five, and he cast down the pieces of silver into the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And then verse six, and the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for uh, to put them into the treasure. In other words, they won't go, it was blood money. It was where, they sold, where he had sold Jesus. So they weren't even willing to put it in the temple treasury because it was the price of blood, the price of Jesus' blood. So when you looked at uh, uh, 7, and they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field, some of us remember that story, to bury strangers in, Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood until the, this day. And this was fulfilled by, the Jeremy, by Prophet Jeremy. But anyway, so it, what, the, it, what Peter's saying here is this field of blood was purchased by that 30 pieces of silver. And it is also believed that that's where Judas killed himself is in that field of blood also. And I think about another reason is the blood of Jesus is why that's called the field of blood in our scriptures tonight. Um, so when we continue, the chief priests uh, did exactly what uh, the scripture said, and uh, 
um, when I look at verse 20, the most important point, as I said, em, uh, is Peter's emphasizing to everyone the importance of them going forward and selecting someone uh, to replace him. Peter said this was written in the book of Psalms. Let me read exactly what it says in Psalm. It says, uh, well, this is an interpretation from, a, uh, from the Bible, um, but it says, written in the book of Psalms where it says, let us... Let his home be desolate, as I read to you early, with no one living in it. Peter gave special attention to the word, may another take his place. So basically he's saying, in in interpretation of that, is that we need to replace him. We need our twelfth disciple to carry out the work of God. So verse 21, Jesus, um, uh, as I explained to you earlier, had picked them all for a reason. Uh, they would all have positions of authority. They would all uh, be part. Another reason for the 12, I think is important, is in Matthew 9 and 19 and 28 and in Luke 22, it talks about the 12 tribes of uh, Israel, and each one of these, uh, Jesus told them, they would, each of the 12 tribes needed a ruler and leader of these uh, judging and ruling, and each one of these disciples would be part of that. Uh, in the millennium, in the millennium, that's, you know, uh, um, uh, after the second coming during the millennium. And so they needed someone to replace Judas. So there were several reasons why Peter was telling them. So Peter made it known also when you continue to read, when you start getting into the last few verses, 21 and 22, Peter made it known that there were some qualifications for this position. So I thought about this, how pastors, deacons, you know, even us deacons, we got this form that we hand uh, uh, new candidates or candidates that may possibly be thinking about what the uh, uh, requirements for a deacon are. Because the Bible is very specific about what a requirement for a deacon is. So again, uh, we should follow God's word in even selecting deacons and selecting pastors. Well, Peter was uh, laying out here uh, the qualifications of a candidate. When, when you really look at what he says, he says, someone, this is what his scripture says in, in 21 and uh, 22, someone who's been with us from the beginning, uh, from the beginning meaning when Jesus was baptized, he was specific about that in the, in the scriptures, until some, to the resurrection. So it had to be a, a candidate to have that experience, someone that has learned, someone that has witnessed who Jesus is, someone that's been a part of all this, and someone that's committed in this 120 that's in the upper room. So he was laying out that it, um, that qualifications. So he's telling the 120. So Peter laid down the conditions for the nomination process. But the people, I noticed, the people made the choice, what the Scriptures tell us tonight. The scriptures tell us tonight they chose two candidates. Now think about our process of electing pastors, deacons, and many other leadership. And I am a believer, 100%, that a church should vote on all major positions in a church. I do believe that. I believe that there should be a formal process that you go through when you have a candidate or candidates, and it should be voted. Well, that's what it's saying to us. It's specifying it here that uh, the people made the choice. And two men met the conditions uh, best, in, in my words, to make the choice out of the 120. So, again, Peter says to pray about it before we um, nominate two. And 
he also prayed. When he prayed, Peter says, I'm, uh, you know, Jesus knows all of our hearts. He understands our heart. So he knows he's going to help us and guide us in leading and picking the two candidates. And we should be doing the same thing. I think about praying in our election process that we just shouldn't arbitrarily be picking people. They should meet the qualifications and we should pray about it. And we should ask the Holy Spirit to guide us because that's what they were going through here. That's the process. And they were in the beginning of chapter chapter, uh, 1. Well, we studied last week in 14 that they were united as one. They were praying as one. So they had the same purpose. So uh, I believe the Holy Spirit guided them and helped them. He knew all the hearts. So in verse 23, it tells us that they proposed to two men. One was Joseph, also the Barsabbas, and also uh, Matthias were the two. And then 24 and 25 tells us, then they prayed and asked Jesus to show them which uh, two have you chosen? And then they cast lots. Well, there's some uh, commentaries out there that tell you that com- uh, casting lots was an old uh, testament that they, they shouldn't have used that process to pick the final two. But casting lots to the way they looked at it, I believe they used what they tell us in Proverbs 16 and 23, which basically says that you were casting lots but they were letting God, Holy Spirit, guide them. It wasn't luck in picking out who they were picking out. It wasn't by just by chance. It was being by, guided by law, God who was chosen. So the way they'd use um, um, uh, casting a lots here is Peter saying, Jesus, he's already said to us in several scriptures that Jesus knows our hearts. He is leading and guiding us through the Holy Spirit. So he's going to pick the the correct one. They believe Jesus would overrule any kind of luck or chance that they may have. The book of Acts, I have to to say, but it's real clear to me why, uh, the the, uh, casting of lots is never used again. When you read the rest of Acts in the Bible, you never hear that. You know why? They didn't need to. They were full of the Holy Spirit when they voted and they nominated, whatever. So the Holy Spirit came into them fully and was guiding each one of them, so they didn't need to cast lot. Some people use that as, well, they didn't use it because it, they, they, they used it the last time and it, it was wrong. But some modern writers uh, question whether Peter and others had the right to choose. They chose Matthias, by the way. Matthias ended up being the twelfth disciple, Uh, Let me tell you some of the reasons why they feel, and then I will let you know uh, what I and many other uh, smarter people now believe. Um, They first of all thought Paul was the twelfth disciple. They believe God chose Paul. But let me give you a couple reasons that I believe, uh, number one, I've already said number one and most important to me was I believe the Holy Spirit guided them in picking Matthias. That's what I believe. I believe based on what Peter, the way Peter led them, the way they prayed, the way they were united, and this, and also I'll give you one more confirmation in just a minute. But I believe Matthias. But also another reason is in Acts 9 and 15, Acts 22 and 21, which we will study, and in Galatians 1 and 16, tells us God chose Paul to be the apostle of the Gentiles. He was the apostle of the Gentiles, not the Jewish people. That's number uh, two. 
And also, Paul, in all his writings, never said anything about anticipating ruling one of the twelve tribes in the millennium. Wouldn't you think as much Paul uh, prophesied and talked about God that he would say something about that? So Paul wasn't the twelfth. But let me say this about Paul. He was as equal, if not more, (laughs) in some ways. Had the same calling on the heart. Had the same authority on his heart. He was a true witness to the resurrection. True witness to the teachings of Jesus. And, you know, he never included himself in the twelfth. But he knew he was an apostle of God. Think about it. When they prayed, they were in one accord. I keep going back to that as my number one. So I believe God led them. But also, uh, one more point that I think validates for me. In Acts 6, chapter 6 and 2, the Word of God tells us without adverse comments that Matthias was added to the 11 apostles. That confirms it with me, that it was of God. So all these naysayers, I brought up I was debated I, in my heart. I said, God, do I even need to say that there is people that disagree? Well, I, I do need to say it because you're going to be reading some commentary or someone's book or something in the future, and it's going to say that the disciples and Peter had no right to pick that twelfth disciple. Now you have two sides. You have both sides, and you let God lead you, your heart in that. But there's a lot of reasoning there in my heart that I believe they picked the twelfth disciple, Matthias. You know, one oh yeah, uh, one of the reasons that the the people on the side of saying they shouldn't have done it picked him is Matthias' name as a, uh, a disciple was never brought up again, never mentioned again. But let me, God was good to me during this study. How many of the other disciples have never been mentioned before after this? There's a lot of the other disciples never mentioned. So you can't use, because Matthias wasn't ever mentioned, that that is a reason that he was not chosen. Because there's many other disciples. And there's reasons for that. Although in my heart, I believe all 12 and 120 went out and did the work that God asked them to do. I believe that. Uh, but we, I think God give me and give us all exactly what we needed. I don't think there need to be any more added to it, any more deleted. I believe the Holy Spirit give us what we needed. The 120 in that upper room, as I start to conclude now, uh, they did more than pray. I thought about this a lot in my heart. They gave attention. Peter led them and gave them attention, as our pastor does and many of our teachers do. They give them attention. Peter gave them attention referencing the Word of God, paying attention to the Word of God, the infallible Word of God. Let the Word of God lead us. Yes, prayer is important, but also he referenced the Word of God. Peter did, you know, did what he uh, was supposed to in leading them, but he led them in the Word of God to fulfill the prophecy which was spoken. Peter also recognized something as we read, read this, that the Holy Spirit is the real author of God's Word. Because he references that way back that, you know, the Holy Spirit was uh, leading David, and uh, which was God, basically. They're all three the same. But he was leading also David. Peter recognized also that the true enemy of David was the same enemy of Jesus and the same enemy of us. We get caught up 
so many times pointing at each other, looking at each other because of hurt and different things. But people are not the enemy. People are not the enemy. Judas wasn't the enemy. He sinned. He followed the devil. The devil is the enemy. Satan. What was it that Charles... Old Slewfoot, I think he used to call him when he preached. He said, Old Slewfoot was the main reason, was the reason. So that's what we have to remember. And all leaders and Christians, we must realize and recognize that we are not the enemy. His church is not the enemy. People are not his enemy. Satan is the enemy. Would you stand with me as we uh, conclude tonight? God bless you. Thank you for being here. Would you come forward and let's close together in the altar. Thank you for being a part of this study. And also this week, as always, touch someone, bless someone, call someone, card, visit, whatever it takes. We, we want to reach out and be a ministry for God. Let's remember the people in our bulletin and remember those that are in need. And uh, also, let's pray for each other, all of us. Please pray for me. Uh, I, I always pray for our pastor, our leaders, our church, and uh, it's important. And you know, some of us sometimes, uh, uh, some of us feel like maybe sometimes we're asking God to bless us too much, and sometimes we feel like we're not asking to bless others. Uh, but I, I do know this. I do believe in my heart that it's okay to ask God to bless what's in your life and what you need in your life. I believe that. In fact, I believe you preached on that one Sunday, brother. Somebody did recently about... You know, it's okay to ask God. So let's pray. The Pine Level Pentecostal Women's Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.